together with the 23rd Psalm and perhaps John chapter 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is among the most popular chapters in the Bible. It is read at weddings and at funerals, at state ceremonies, hospital bedsides, school assemblies. It is the go-to scripture for any and every occasion. It's often simply known as St. Paul's love chapter. And people think of it as a kind of scriptural bubble bath, warm and soothing and inoffensive. In actual fact, it is nothing of the sort. When the Corinthians read this portion of Paul's letter, they would have been devastated, angered, rebuked, and only then comforted. For the Corinthians, and for us when we've read it properly, this chapter is nothing like a bubble bath. It's more like a scalding hot bath full of antiseptic. It exposes our cuts and bruises. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 hurts. It hurts, and then it heals. In its first paragraph, verses 1 to 3, it revolutionizes our thinking. In its second paragraph, verses 4 to 7, it strips us bare. Only in the final paragraph, verses 8 to 13, are we given hope. Today, we're going to look at the first paragraph. Tomorrow, we'll look at some of the rest. But the first paragraph begins like this, revolutionizing our thinking. From verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I, give all I, if I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. The Corinthians, you see, saw themselves as very spiritual. They loved supernatural signs, hidden wisdom, ecstatic encounters, incommunicable mysteries, uncontrollable experiences. But Paul will say in this chapter that such spirituality is utterly bankrupt without love. He dreams up the most spiritually gifted people he can imagine, only to say that such people, without love, are nothing. In verse 1, we meet the ecstatic worshipper. This ecstatic worshipper speaks in indecipherable languages, and everyone is very impressed, except God. To God, it's like a, a clanging cymbal. It's, 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 like a, it's like a gong, a resounding gong. It's all noise and no love. Here is an empty spirituality, self-focused, proud, and loveless. In verse 2, we have another spiritual caricature, the profound prophet. This kind of person is the one who sweeps up into the pulpit and knows Greek and Hebrew, and they can quote Augustine in Latin and give examples from Homer the poet and Homer the Simpson. In addition, this person has incredible leadership skills. That's what it means to have a faith that can move mountains. Here is a leader that can inspire and direct people towards a goal. The leader sees the potential, trusts that it is the way forward, so that they motivate many to share in the vision. Their faith moves mountains. We are mightily impressed by the profound prophet, a spiritual leader with intelligence and authority. But again, God is not impressed. If such a person has not love, then they are nothing. They are a spiritual zero. They do not show up on Jesus' radar, uh, radar screen. Paul's teaching here is dynamite. What he's saying is this. There are gifted leaders in Christian ministry who are not Christians. They are nothing. They have the gifts of the Spirit, but not the Spirit himself. Without love, gifts mean nothing. 
Now do you start to see why this chapter is not a bubble bath? It is profoundly disturbing. Paul is saying that people can exercise incredible gifts within the church, yet not actually belong to Jesus. How do we respond to this? Well, perhaps we think this. We think, I know what Paul is saying. We need to stop investing in the flashy supernatural gifts, and we just need to get on with sacrificial service. Is that it? No, he's not saying that either. Look at verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I am nothing. Verse 3 shows us another caricature, and this is the stoic do-gooder. Paul imagines this no-nonsense servant just giving away everything, their possessions, even their very selves. Ostensibly, they do it in the cause of the kingdom, and yet it's possible to do all this without love. There is loveless sacrifice. Love is not simply a decision of the will. If it was, then these people would be considered the greatest lovers. No, but they're not. They do incredible acts of service without love. Love is not reducible to acts of service. You can choose to do outwardly loving things and still not have love. And what do you get for it? Nothing. Again, this kind of spiritual person does not show up on God's radar. How do you picture a properly spiritual person? What is it to be a Christian who's really going for it? Some of us will picture the ecstatic worshipper. Some of us will picture the profound prophet. Some of us will picture the stoic do-gooder. Paul says, no, 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 no. All of those people, even if they are incredibly gifted at what they are doing, they have missed the point entirely. The point is love. Do you see how absolutely necessary love is? Not groovy experiences, not profound thoughts, not busy service. Actual love. To know the love of Jesus, to love Him and to love others. Love is the source and substance of the Christian life. Without it, we are not even Christians. When someone asks you how you're going in the Christian life, how do you tend to answer? Some will speak of their experiences, some will speak of their gifted ministry, some will speak of their sacrificial service. But those are not true barometers of our spiritual life. Those things are not connected to the state of your soul. Such gifts and performances might be in overdrive, and yet we have missed the main thing. Is the love of Jesus in you? And does it come out of you? Those are the questions we should be asking. You see, this chapter is not a bubble bath. It is a deeply uncomfortable antiseptic bath and it exposes all sorts of wounds. Tomorrow, we will start to see healing for all us loveless ones. But for today, let's forget the show. Let's forget the pretense. Let's forget our giftedness. Let's forget our service. Let's forget our experiences. Let's pray, Father, show me your love that I may show it to the world. Because the heart of all things really is love.